This episode is sponsored by Clinic Concierge. Are you tired of wasting time in a doctor's office for routine care? Then you need Clinic Concierge, providing aesthetic services as well as urgent and primary care services right in your home. Check out their website at clinicconcierge.com or call them at 214-502-5444 and you can find them on Instagram at Clinic Concierge. Clinic Concierge, the healthcare experts that come to you. Welcome to the Bubble Lounge. I'm Martha Jackson. And I'm Nellie Shudo. And today we have the marvelous Mrs. Mahjong on Stephanie Brink. So Mahjong has kind of taken over the park cities. Every time Nellie and I turn around, we have friends talking about going to play. And we have no idea how to play. So we wanted to learn what's going on with this thing. Exactly. Because it seems to be like drawing people in and all the all the fun ladies are doing it. I know it. I keep seeing people post pictures and they look like they're having a hell of a good time. Well, I got to be honest. I'm not a game player. I hear you. So I need to hear from her what it's all about. What was, she gave us a term. What's her term she uses? Yes. When you win, you, (laughs) she has her students yell out, Majasm. (laughs) (laughs) That is her phrase. She has coined it. Stephanie coined that. So no one else take that. But it's absolutely (laughs) hilarious. I can't imagine shouting that out around the room of a bunch of ladies. I can't either. It's very different from bingo. So we are going to learn everything, a little bit about the history of the game, how it came to America, and how it infiltrated the park cities. So everyone, welcome the marvelous Mrs. Mahjong, Stephanie. Thank you. Thank you so much. I feel like I'm on the delicious dish with Saturday Night Live. (laughs) (laughs) That's a throwback. Okay. I love that you have your Mahjong tiles spread out. Yes. I wanted you to see what this fuss is all about. Yeah. Tell us what the heck is Mahjong and why is it taking over our community? We need some sound. Everyone is obsessed with it. We have a whole whole board laid out here in tiles and everything. You know, it's just such a fun way for any ages, any, any people of all ages to get together, use their brains, be social, do something fun, work on their memory skills, and be together. Well, I speak Chinese and I spent a lot of time in China and I just love the like seeing the Chinese ladies sitting at their card tables out on the street the clicking of the tiles it's always looked really fun right and I, but I have no clue how to do it well and I don't have a clue how to play their version of Mahjong around here we're playing the American Mahjong game so it's different. And I is can't there really. A difference? There is a difference. Okay. If you watch the movie Crazy Rich Asians. I was about to say you remind me of Crazy Rich Asians. I was yes. like, are you like that, that mean mom who's like uh, oh, absolutely. looking at everybody over her mahjong <laughs> tile? <laughs> well, they aren't playing with a card. And so American mahjong, we're playing with a card. Each girl has a card at the table. And the card changes every year, which is very fun. It keeps the game interesting and a little more exciting. If you've played a while, you're very ready for the new card to come out. You literally wait for your snail mail and to get your new card. So we're playing with a card where each girl is competing with one another at the table, trying to complete a hand on the card. What does the card mean? That looks really complicated. That kind of lost me. I what mean, does the card mean? There is a mean? lot of information. Does everybody get the same card? Or Everyone get gets card? the same card. Okay. And I always tell my students to order the large print. Believe it or not, this is the large print, as I have readers on my head. <laughs> so I always tell them to get the large print. It changes every end of March, beginning of April. So one year it's red, the next year it's blue. The next year it's red, the next year it's blue. You keep your old cards because you're going to want to go back in time and play a few years back. But the card is the purpose. It's it's your guide of the hand that you're trying to win in the game. Oh, that makes sense. So each girl has her own card at her lap, her spot, 
Um, and she's trying to win any of these patterns on the card. So it's almost like if this year the card was like the equivalent of a royal flush, that's what you're looking for? Yes. Okay. Kind of. I mean, the, the card stays the same, but it changes. The, the format and the flow is the same, but all of these lines and these patterns are mixed up each year so that you have a little bit of a new challenge. Mm-hmm. So the game is always changing Fresh. and evolving. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what about the history of the game in general, and how did it come to America? You know, I don't know all of the history with Mahjong, but I do know that it emerged in China in the 1800s, I believe, and kind of sparked a global fad in the 1920s. Um, Can I throw in for that? Yes. I believe that it was, being that I'm a New York City girl, Mm -hmm. an honorary Jewish person because I'm not, but I, I grew up amongst a lot of Jewish people. Right. Jew- Jewish women brought um, mahjong into play. Absolutely. Um, absolutely in in the 1900s in America. Yes. In the mid-20th century, it became a hallmark of Jewish-American culture. Mm-hmm. And the National Mahjong League was created and actually still is in New York City. Mm-hmm. So exactly what you just said. That's yeah. where this all started. And in China, the game it evolved to represent kind of peace and friendship and when you invited someone to a game of mahjong, it was, it was synonymous with friendship, which It'll, I think is kind of like today's game. You're inviting people you want to spend time with, you yes. want to play with at your table. Is there a lot of drinking involved? Uh, it depends on the group that I'm teaching. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> is there sometimes just a group that's like, we just want to be serious. We're not having drinks. Um, well, my group drinks for sure. We, like to, <laughs> we, we prefer Prosecco with our mahjong game. I would find that if I have um, a group of ladies that are a little intimidated in the beginning, they don't want to drink while they're learning because they want to take it all in and actually remember what I'm teaching them. Because the first lesson I always say is the worst lesson. It's like information overload. And so, you know, but I had a first lesson last night where the wine was flowing. So it really just depends on the group. How many people play? I've seen a lot of pictures posted, and it looks like a lot of people can participate. Yes. So ideally, you would want four at your table. Okay. So but like what we have right here. What we have. Four of us. Right. You would definitely want four if you could have four at the table. But there's there are ways where you can play with less. It's called Bob if you play with three people. And I always teach Bob because someone's going to have to leave early, someone's going to have to be late. Um, You know, you might wanna have three tables with three girls and you call it Bob. And everyone in Mahjong calls it Bob. That's not my term, that's Mm -hmm. a Mahjong term. So you could have four girls, you could have three girls. I teach people how to play with two people. It's called Siamese Mahjong. There's also Lazy Mahjong. But what you I see, like in- <laughs> Martha like and I want to do lazy mahjong. <laughs> lazy mahjong. Um, but what you see in picks is probably where girls are either doubling up as they learn. So like two girls are playing a hand, and then two more girls are playing a hand. So you have eight around the table, or they might be at separate tables and just piled in for one pick. So how did you get into this business? Well, years ago, I was on a girl's trip with some ladies that were a little bit older than me, and they all started playing. And I thought, gosh, this is fun. I'd never seen it. I'd never, I didn't know how to pronounce it. And I jumped in to try to play, and it gave me diarrhea. I mean, it was just, (laughs) it was not fun to try 
to just jump in. And I think some girls can do that, but you need someone at the table telling you what the tiles are and guiding you and what you're doing. And so, but I, I was so interested in it because I knew they were having so much fun that I came home from that trip and I hired a Jewish lady who had been playing since she was six years old. Did you just go online and look up Jewish lady and hire? Googled Jewish Mahjong lady. teacher. Yes. One of my friends actually helped me find her. She Googled Mahjong teacher. And, okay. and this lady did not. I mean, you know, you had to call her, not text her, you know, organize <laughs> your lessons. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very old school, but a really good teacher. Made it fun. Um, I had girls come to my house and learn with me so that we could play. And then I was hooked. Um, and then... There weren't as many people to play with back then because it wasn't so popular. But the more I would talk about it with friends and then the more you would hear about it, people wanted to learn. So are you responsible for it becoming so popular in the Park Cities? No. I think the responsibility probably goes to the Mahjong line, which is Kate Laguerre and Annie O'Grady, because they invented the Mahjong line tiles and mats and accessories. I think... The popularity really comes from that. Well, I find it fascinating because, like, as you spread out the tiles, like I said, and then our producer pointed out, I'm an idiot, but um, <laughs> but um, there are all these Chinese symbols. Like, this is seven in Chinese. Like, right. Half of them are Chinese and half of them, like, two just has two things on it, so you can guess it's two. But as Sean pointed out, there's actually a seven above the chi, which is seven in Chinese. So I guess it's easy, but to me, that's a, it, it's got to be a little baffling for people who don't know the characters so you, you just, just ignore said them? chi and i don't even know what chi is so see chi maybe you're the maybe you're seven. the real mahjong <laughs> deal um now what i do when i first get to a lesson because i want it to be fun i do not want people to be intimidated i tell them listen the first lesson again is the worst lesson but once we get these tiles down which they do very quickly then we start to really figure the game out so i i set it up in the beginning in a very visible way where they can see what the tiles are what they mean and then we practice by building these hands these lines before we actually start to play so that Mm -hmm. they can visually see what a winning line looks like okay are there any jokers oh absolutely or or bad i asked this because yeah absolutely oh there's a joker oh no i asked that because like i look at like four is a really bad number in chinese because it means die or four depending on the way you pronounce it and like I wonder if it's kind of like 13 is there like a bad number no there's not a bad number there are definitely jokers um when I teach I throw in two extras just because you know why not life is short let's have a few extra jokers okay um but normally there are eight jokers in a set and in the Dallas area we've been cheating for several years playing with blanks so some of these tiles are blank they have nothing on them that's if you were to lose a tile, mm-hmm. you know, you were at a lake house and someone dropped a tile in the so water. It's a replacement. It's a replacement. Okay. So you don't have to buy the whole new set. And you would just write with a black Sharpie what that tile is. But we here in Dallas play with the blanks as a wild tile. Mm-hmm. And it makes the game fun because you get to replace it with something that you want. Yeah. Got it. So yeah. are you saying it's the cheating. women who invented this mm-hmm. line really brought Mahjong to our area? Like, it wasn't there before. Well, it was here. I mean, I learned it before their tiles came along. And the people that I had been on the trip with, they had been playing. So it was definitely, and my my teacher had never 
seen these. Okay. You know. so, I think they really amped it up and yes. really made it skyrocket in popularity. Absolutely. Because they're pretty. They're they fun. are pretty. Like, People, I like the, the bag that they come in. Yes. Like the whole presentation is amazing. They have acrylic boxes where some people just leave them sitting out on their coffee table. Yeah. I've seen and them so at friends' so house and it is beautiful. Yeah. And I think, honestly, like anything else, it's Instagram. It's social media and people being on a trip and posting their mahjong tiles on a table on a trip and people saying, gosh, that looks fun. I want to learn how to do that. So it's always been very popular, but as far as in this area in our younger generation, I'm going to put myself in that generation. Um, It's really catching on. I love the idea of bringing women of different ages together. Right. And a lot of the tennis ladies I know play mahjong as well. Yes. And it seems like it's such a fun social Uh event. So I was in a a tennis tournament last weekend, a member guest, which is comical because I don't play tennis anymore. And even when I did, I wouldn't say I I was worthy of a tournament. Yes. (laughs) But, But I did. I was on TCD for years. And I played at the DCC member guest last weekend. And so many girls were in that tournament. I mean, that was a a big tournament. And they had a few mahjong tables set up at the indoor courts so that in between matches, you could, you know, grab a drink, grab your plate, go and sit and play mahjong. While, while you were also my God, watching my tennis. My head would be spinning. Well, that sounds dangerous because <laughs> I've heard a lot of stories about TCD over the years, and it sounds rather cutthroat in my opinion. Does the Mahjong get the yes. same way? good question. <laughs> no, no. I You see me wearing this goofy Mahjong bracelet. That's so cute, I always by the way. take it to lessons. Thank you. I take it to lessons to motivate, you know, the girls in a goofy way. Hey, winner gets to wear the bracelet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when they win, you know, you put the bracelet on them. But the thing about Mahjong, once you learn it, you're going to play a pretty quick game if you don't win mix up the tiles we're going to play again so kind of like you would a domino game so tcd you know you're getting home and it's w or l in the computer yes Yes. (laughs) no one's keeping track of your mahjong games that sounds better which is better yeah Mm -hmm. and you you can play pretty quickly if you've got a carpool at 3 30 and you wanted to put out a text to friends hey can anyone can anyone mosh from 1.30 to 3.30 before carpool? Oh my God, that's like, what you call it. it. It's a verb you can mosh. I call it mosh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but very much like tennis and the fact that you're getting together, you have this excuse to get together and be with your friends and play a game and be competitive, which I think it's fun to be competitive. Yeah, as long as there's some drinks involved. Yes. <laughs> there, usually, there usually are. I'm looking for someone to help me make a mahjong cocktail like specific to mahjong if you guys know of anyone we do know somebody okay because i thought that could be kind of a fun signature drink presley at red stick she is a master she can totally make one in a mixologist with like a mahjong tile on it yeah we are gonna connect them she made a cocktail for us um she's amazing that's perfect she's a great mixologist this is not a real mahjong rule but we play and i teach where this guy right here he's a bird bam He's, he looks like a bird sitting on a bam. And when you discard the bird bam, which is part of the process of the game, everybody cheers and they toast oh. and you drink, okay. which is why I've had to buy several of these mats because oh. the red wine goes <laughs> yeah. flowing all over it. But <laughs> so some people, I've, I've teased the younger girls that take from me um, and tell them I'm going to bring, bring um, shots 
for the red dragon oh. fireballs. <laughs> Do a fireball when you throw the red dragon. So yeah. you can make any game a drinking game, right? Of course. God, of we course. should suggest this to our teenagers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yikes. Have those. I have those. So what kind of skills makes for a good player? Well, honestly, it's knowing this card. Uh-huh. The better you know the card, the better you're going to be at your game. I mean, and it does definitely take skill, but it also takes strategy. And like anything else, there's luck involved. I mean, you've got to kind of look at this card based on what you were dealt, start to build your hand, build things that will hopefully complete a hand, cross your fingers that tiles come your way that you need, but be flexible. There's rules to the game where you can commit too early. Sometimes that's really smart if you feel confident about your hand, but if you commit too early, I tell people it's like being engaged. You get, you, once you put those tiles out as a commitment, you can't switch your hand as much. Oh. So there's some patience involved in waiting for the right tile to come along. Well, I'm looking at your card upside down, mm-hmm. and even though it's large. And those are the sequences you're, you're desiring, right? Because Any, that's a lot to memorize. Right. So see these values, that's worth 25 cents. That's worth... But you're looking for this in a row right? and those in a row. Yeah, but you're okay. not memorizing it because you're, you've are you got the card in front of you. You always have the card in front of you, but your knowledge of the card is what helps you to win and yeah. be a better player. Yeah, I would imagine. Because I would be like, okay, I have to look through these hundred ones <laughs> and oh, right. make sure and and see ev- if I'm in the right direction. And it's funny. People tend to go to the same section a lot of times. It's kind of like their favorite. You know, you like in tennis, you prefer backhand or forehand. Like people mm-hmm. will look at the card and they kind of know sometimes they're more comfortable in one section more than another. Um, but when I'm teaching, I use post-it notes. So I kind of help guide them on the first lesson. Hey, this line could be a possibility. And I put a post-it note under that line to say, just kind of keep your eye on that one so that the card is a little less overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, the more you play, you don't want to play with a post-it note because you don't want your opponents to know what hand you're playing. Right. Because there's defense mm-hmm. involved. Is this making any it's sense? It's totally making sense. You guys don't no, play? I know what you're saying because if I was writing it down, if I were writing it down, I would be like, I mean, I, I could see you doing that, taking notes, but then people would right. see your notes. Yes. Yeah. And so the post-it notes are great for learning because it helps people kind of zoom in on a line that they may possibly win. Okay. And then as things start to come their way, and it's looking good for them, I tell them, hey, you're on a smoke break. Sit back, relax. Let's see if you get your hand that you want. You know, a then smoke it's just, break. Yeah, that's what I, I call it. I've heard that in a while. <laughs> it's kind of old school. <laughs> <laughs> a vape break. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you a question. Um, how does it work? Like, let's say you have people. Tell us what happens when you decide I'm, I'm, I'm maging this evening. Yes. Um, what do you do? You call so, three friends? Yeah. So put um, out a spread? Ideally, I love a square table. I mm-hmm. even keep my card table in my car so that when mm-hmm. I get to lessons, if they don't have a square table, it's just you're doing some reaching for tiles. Mm-hmm. So it just makes more sense to yeah, have. To keep you yeah, close together. Right. Have that card table so you're not leaning over too much. So you get your table set up. If you're taking a lesson, um, I bring, you know, the this mahjong mat, my tiles, my cards, I give you notes to take home, and I don't know that anyone really looks at them, but I give them to them anyway. And then you just start playing. A lot of people make it a dinner party. Some girls just say, hey, we're coming for drinks. Um, It just kind of depends on the group. It depends on ages to what time of day people obviously like to play. I have a, a group of ladies. They wanted 
a 6 p.m. lesson. They're empty nesters, and they serve scotch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll have a 7.30 lesson where people are getting babysitters. They've just got their kids out of their face and they're you know serving margaritas and just want to have fun and then you'll have ladies that would prefer a morning coffee mahjong game Mm -hmm. and that's great too how long does the game typically take when you're learning it takes a while um depends on the pace of the players at the table once you've played a while you can easily fit in five games in an hour oh wow okay yeah once you there's a thing called the charleston and it's how you past tiles and how you start to build your hand once players get more comfortable and they get faster at the Charleston games go much more quickly and you become more confident and you don't overthink it as much Mm -hmm. and your table may not have the patience for you if you take too long (laughs) so it's not like a team like you're not like a bowling team you're one against each other okay right and it's fun. There, there are moms that have had me come to teach their sons so that they can have something to do together mm-hmm. because the moms don't want to listen. I mean, the sons don't want to listen to their moms. Oh, yeah. They, it's so much better to hear yeah. it from someone else. And so that's been nice to see. And then I've had, I've had a grandmother say to me, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you taught my grandson Mahjong. Now I have a way to connect to him over uh-huh. the holidays, so yeah. which that. is really cute. And then um, I have a group – of sixth grade boys that are so good. They don't overthink it. They just pick a line and play. Um, my youngest daughter and her friends, I think they were nine or 10 years old. We were in watercolor, a, a group of moms and daughters. The moms were on the beach. Where are our girls? They were all back at the house in their bikinis playing mahjong on the mm-hmm. porch. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a, that's really impressive to yeah. be able to loop in the, the young teenagers That's and middle schoolers. That's really something. Yes, yeah. And they're they're pretty good at it. They Like I said, they don't analyze it too much. Uh-huh. They just jump in and play. They just go. Yeah. Cool. Well, this has been so much fun learning about Mahjong. I can't wait to give it a try. Like Melanie said, we might need to wait for a little bit. We've got a crazy year ahead of right. us with the senior year and all. Yes. yes. Where can people find you? So I just started an Instagram. I was very hesitant to do it because I didn't want to be on my phone any more than I am. But I realized that you kind of need to have the social media aspect. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was practically giving people my landline number when they <laughs> asked how to yeah. reach me. <laughs> well, you can fax me. Uh, <laughs> and so I finally started an Instagram. Um, I have four daughters. I was thinking, oh, they'll just do it for me. They can do it in five seconds. Well, they don't want to do that for yeah. me. So figuring it out. But so my Instagram handle, is that what we call it, mm-hmm. is uh, – the Marvelous Mrs. Mahjong. Love that. Because um, <laughs> I love Miss Maisel. And so I can be reached through Instagram. And then I have um, a business card on that site where people, you know, people text a lot for sure. Perfect. All right. Well, I know you're going to get a lot of calls or carrier pigeons from us. <laughs> I love so. It's really fun. I mean, it really, I, I really love the excuse for people to get together and do this instead of just the same conversations that we all have. Like the, the stage of life that I'm in with you guys. How did your kid do on the ACT? Where are they uh, going to college? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Those things come up at the Mahjong table, but you're playing a game. You're using your brain. You're being competitive. Um, and I just, I love some of the friends that I've really gotten to be close with through this game. We take trips together. We stay up way too late at night. We listen to 
80s and 90s music while we play and sing way too loudly. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just so fun. I I played for my 50th and everyone wore wigs. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> well, how fun. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Yeah. This has been another episode of The Bubble Lounge. I'm Nellie Shudo. And I'm Martha Jackson. And we'll catch you next time.